myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe it's not Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is Those Were The Days with George Mitchell, uh, which is a show where I tend to uh, sit in the dock <laughs> where George tells us about uh, a season in our history and which season are we looking at. Uh, 88, 89, Steve. Not, not one of our most glorious, I have to say. I have been dreading this, and I've got this on videotape, which I've now had to transfer onto MP4. And you know what? Whenever Newcastle United uh, let us down, because occasionally they do, even in this new era, um, yeah. this is the video This is the video to watch to remind you things aren't as bad as you think. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> OK, uh, Steve. Um there's two pictures of the squad, one in black and white, one in colour. I just thought it was a nice contrast, that's all. Um, right, uh, where, what's happening outside of football? Well, in, in music, Eternal Flame, the Bangles, was top of the pops. Something got a hold of my hand. Head is Gene Pitney was was good. Homely Girl, UB40. Right here waiting, Richard Marks. Uh, not music that was mine. I, I could stand Gene Pitney, but the others were, 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 were not... Big recollections for me, and if you go to the pictures, the cinema, um, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade was was the top seller. Batman, Back to the Future Two, and Look Who's Talking. Not, not a bad range of movies. So um, that's where we are in, in terms of outside of football. Inside of football, well, we're, we're um, and as that picture tells you, we're, we're in for a change. Um, with poor Willie McFall, I've got to say something about Willie McFall at the start of the season. We're predicted not good things, and uh, um, we've got a decent squad. Um, but Willie McFall seems to have got himself into a um, a complex, a bit of a complex, a, a persecution complex, where he he was claiming publicly that that ex players and current players and some of the deck directors weren't supporting him, and uh, it it was uh, just not. Uh, not good, and and it didn't all go well. However, um, starting the season, if 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 it, it also indicates the turmoil, um, we changed um, eighteen players, fifteen players in, and eighteen players out, and the and the out the ins were big names. I mean, Dave Besson, John Henry, um, Andy Thorne, uh, Liam O'Brien. Uh, you know, become a fan's favorite. Kenny Sansom, lot, lots of uh, lots of uh, great names, but some of the names out were, were tragic. I mean, uh, Gaza, um, Andy Thomas, and the one that I think hurt were more than anyone admits is Paul Goddard, because I'm quite convinced that the Sarge, as he was called, was a good influence in the dressing room. Neil McDonald went, um, Peter Jackson went back to Bradford, Darren Jackson went back to Scotland to Dundee United. Paul Stevenson went to Millwall. Um, John Robertson uh, stayed a little while and went back to Hearts for the 750000 that were bought him for. Dave, Dave Besson disappeared. Um, Ian Bogey was uh, uh, let to go to Preston. Um, Brian Tinian was, was let to go to Bradford City. And Glenn Roder was just released. Um, and Kenny Wharton, well, uh, 
can he walk and retired? I think uh, injured is, is the way to describe it. So, uh, and, a, and a good family friend of ours, Anthony Loma, was allowed to go to Norwich. So that's the kind of turmoil which doesn't augur well for, for what's about to happen. So let's get into the football. Let's get into the football. And it wouldn't be Newcastle United if we didn't start with the odd friendly. Odd friendly, for God's sake. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... Ten friendlies, ten. Um, That's crazy. Absolutely, they, they they went to uh, they went to Denmark and played five games in Denmark, two in Sweden, and then they came back and they went to Dundee in Scotland, played a friendly at Whitby Town, played a friendly at Peterborough, and then a friendly at Blackburn Rovers. Ten in all, which, uh, it, it, yeah, they'd, they'd be fit, but they might also be naked because that was over a period of. From the 25th of July to the 19th of August, that's less than a month, less than 30 days, played 10 games. You know, <laughs> if they should be fit, but as I say, they're more likely to be yeah, cream crackered as well. Anyway, we, we, we get we get into the season proper, and our first uh, game of the season is is not a one that uh, people are really looking forward to because it's at Everton. The people that they're riding high, having been champions and, and, and almost champions again. Um, and, and we go to Everton. Um, Colin Harvey's their manager, and he's got his usual uh, star-studded lineup. Except there's, there's one major addition: uh, Neville Southall, Dave Watson, Neil MacDonald, <laughs> who left us, uh, Ian Snowden, uh, Stuart McCall, Peter Reid, uh, Pat Nevin, Graham Sharp, and Tony Cotty. Um, Forty-two thousand at the game, and Willie McFall sends. Um, a team with a lot of his new signings in, Dave Besant, John Anderson, Brian Tinian. Nice to see Brian Tinian holding his place. David McCready, Peter Jackson, Andy Thorne. Andy Thorne's just come in. And of course, we're about to lose Peter Jackson. John Henry uh, come in. John Robertson. Um, I think this was probably his only game, I suspect. Uh, Darren um, Mirandinia, but he, he was replaced by Darren Jackson halfway through the first half. Kenny Wharton and Michael O'Neill. So it, it's not a bad side. We haven't got a bad squad, um, but the atmosphere around the squad doesn't feel comfortable. So we go and uh, we uh, hope that they'll, they'll give it a go. And, and uh, well, they hang on a little bit. And then towards the end of the, of the first half, Graham Sharp, centre forward, gets a, a nice headed goal from a corner. And then Tony Cotty, right on half time. Makes it 2-0 uh, uh, from a, a nice little jink uh, and jinky run and uh, slipping the ball under under Besant. Um, and uh, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, a bit of action from, from, the, uh, from the game. It's, it's, uh, it's good. Um, yeah, Michael O'Neill there with uh, O'Neill, yeah. Cole. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, couldn't be more different uh, Talented footballer and the other one's talented hard man. <laughs> no, I mean that's my opinion anyway. Uh, so it, you know, it, it's uh, two nil at half time, and uh, everybody's hoping that there'll be some sort of turnaround after the half time dressing room talk. But no, the second half goes the same way as the first, and we're just not in it. And predictably, Tony Cotty, who was on fire at this time completes his hat-trick on 70 minutes and on 75 minutes and we end up with a 4-0 defeat which is not a good way to start our season 
Um, the next game is is uh, in the Mercantile Cup, um, and uh, we we enter all of these these trophies, and, and uh, um, they tend to be uh, not our forty, unfortunately. I mean, we enter this one that says we've entered at the quarter final. Well, that's that's great, but uh, seventeen thousand at the game at St James's Park. Um, referees worth noting: Keith Hackett who became one of the referees that was a bit of a personality, is the best way to describe it. Um, Willie McFall sends out a, an unchanged team to the one he sent to Everton. Um, Wimbledon come, the crazy gang, Bobby Gould is still a manager, and they've got uh, uh, one or two changes. Eric Rung, Young that they bought from Everton. Um Terry Phelan that, uh, that they brought in, John Scales from West Ham, but they still got some of the crazy gang, Laurie Sanchez, Dennis Wise, John Fashionu, Terry Gibson, uh, Gibson and Carlton Fairweather. Um, hard not to crack, but uh, it's, a, um, it's a game that they're playing and it didn't look like anybody was going to score, and they didn't. So we had to go to extra time. And for once, we, we, we won the extra time uh, session with a beautiful goal on 109 minutes by Michael O'Neill who dribbled his way through the uh, Wimbledon defence to get to get us a 1-0 win so that that's uh, uh, a win on the board but uh, we need we need points on the start getting the points on the board so the next game is a, is a home game against Tottenham Hotspur another tough game this is a, this is a talented side that's uh, likely to uh, uh, people are talking about as though they were going to win the, the title. That's how good people thought they were. Four minutes, Andy Thorne opens his account for Newcastle from a corner with a nice header. Four minutes were one nil in. Darren Jackson then scores a nice uh, uh, goal from the from just inside the penalty area in 19 minutes. Two nil at half time and everybody thinks, well, the points are ours. Well, the Spurs that came out after half time, I don't know what the manager Terry, Terry Venables put in that, that tee, but um, it was a different game. Spurs just took over. And, of course, to make things worse, they took over and the two people that uh, um, took the match by the scruff of the neck and took it away from us were Paul Gascoigne and Chris Waddle. I mean, that, that, that was more than painful, I've got to say. The rest of the team, well, Tottenham, Bobby Mims, Chris Fairclough, Terry Fennick, Chris Hutton, who we know... Terry, uh, Mitchell Thomas, Gary Mabbitt, Brian Statham, Paul Allen, Gascoigne Waddle and Paul Walsh. Um, a very, very talented team. But as I say, second half, the two ex-Magpies just uh, tore us to pieces. However, we got a point. We've got a point on the board, which is uh, which is something. So we uh, next game is an away game to Derby County. Um, and uh, always counting games with, with Derby. Uh, 16,000 at the baseball ground and Willie McFall sends a an unchanged team which is which is good um he uh facing D Derby County who are still managed by our uh, ex stalwart manager Arthur Cox and and they've got a they've got a talented team Peter Peter Shelton and goal of course um Paul Blades Mike Ford, Mark Wright uh Trevor Hibbert uh, Terry McMinn, Nigel Callahan, Phil G, and Paul Goddard. <laughs> Paul, 
Paul Goddard is the, is now with them. Uh, it's no secret that uh, uh, Paul was admired by Arthur Cox, so it's no surprise that that's where he would end up. So that's that's the two sides. Um, it's uh, it's not a bad game. First halfs, um, even Stephen, we go in nil nil, and everybody thinks, well, we've, we've got a chance, and then we come out um, second half. And uh, whatever Arthur Cox said to the Derby team, they were a different team, and uh, they they give us they just give us a, a tough time. And of course, the leader of that tough time was was <laughs> Paul Goddard. He was he was at the point where he was just about unplayable. And uh, no no surprise when on uh, sixty minutes he makes it one nil, and uh, Trevor Herbert, the defender, heads in the second. Just before the end, they make it two nil. So we we end up with a two nil defeat at Derby against a former manager and against a former centre forward who who was uh, uh, had I think pivotal uh, impact on on us in the seasons beforehand. Anyway, we 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 we're off uh, next to uh, sorry we're at home next to Norwich City who aren't um, aren't pulling up trees and and. and People are hoping that uh, we'll uh, we'll be able to get a couple, get some points on the board. Twenty two thousand eight hundred at the game, and Willie McFall has the uh, luxury of sending out an unchanged team. He uh, um, has to change halfway through the second half because Michael O'Neill picks up a knock, and who Paul Stevens who Stevenson who's still with this still with with this moment and ready for transfer. Um, comes on as, as the substitute. Um, Norwich come now. We've got David Stringer. Dave Stringer is the manager, another former player uh, with uh, a good football side, ta- talented group of lads. Um, Bryn Gunn, who was the goal, Brian Gunn, who was the goalkeeper for a long time. Uh, Ian Culverhouse, but with Andy Linnigan, who's been around a while, Mark Bourne as well. Um, Dale Gordon, Mike Phelan, Trevor Putney, Robert Rosario. And Robert Fleck. Now Fleck, dangerous, dangerous little player, Scotsman. And uh, uh, well, um, it's nil-nil through in the first half. It, it's good football match, but unfortunately, nobody looks like they're ever going to score. Second half comes out, and whatever was said um, in the dressing room certainly had an impact on Norwich because they seemed like a different team. Dale Gordon on forty-seven minutes puts them in the lead. Then Robert Fleck in about seventy-five minutes makes it two-nil, and that was it. We never, we never looked like scoring, never looked like getting into that game, and it was, uh, it was uh, uh, pretty poor stuff. Um, I've got to say, the fans, see the what unhappy is, is pulling it mildly. Um, we now go to the next round of the Mercantile Cup, and we're at Manchester United, so this is this is not going to be a walk in the park by any means. Um, and uh, um, we, uh, Willie McFall sends out the same same team. Um, he he uh, juggles the left back position because Brian Tinian's got an injury, and John Cornwall comes in. Uh, other than that, it's the same side. Manchester United still managed by Alex Ferguson. Uh, got a new goalkeeper, Jim Layton, but the other names are familiar: Clayton Blackmore. Steve Bruce, Billy Garton, Mike Duxbury, Lee Sharp, Jasper Olsen, Brian Robson, Brian McClay, 
Mark Hughes and Peter Davenport, uh, who uh, is substituted halfway through the second half by somebody called Liam O'Brien. Um, that's uh, um, reflection on I mean, normally when we go to Manchester United, crowds are 40, 40, 40, 45,000 or more. This Mercantile Cup doesn't even excite them. 14,000 at uh, Old Trafford, which uh, not not uh, um, good for them. I mean, it just, just reflects on what people think about this competition, I think. Uh, we we give as good as we got, but they really dig their heels in and we nail nil at half-time. Second half's no different. End-to-end stuff, couple of shots hitting woodwork from both teams, but nobody's going to score goals and we, we enter extra time again. And uh, we uh, look like we might get something out of this after all, but no, lo and behold, um, from a corner, somebody called Steve Brutes had the first goal in on 91 minutes and then a, a beauty free kick from Brian McClay on 111 minutes. And that's Manchester United through to the next round 2-0. Uh, and the Mercantile Cup history for us. Next game's an away game at Charlton Athletic in the, in the, in the first division at uh, Selhurst Park, because they're using Selhurst Park because the Valley's been um, refurbished. Um, not, the, not a good re uh, response from the fans to that move. Only 6,000 at the game. Um, Lenny Lawrence, the, the, the personality manager, um, has has seen he's had for about almost unchanged for about three years, uh, with Big Bob Boulder in goal and Shirtcliffe and uh, John Humphrey, Mark Stewart, Steve McKenzie, and a young midfielder who's now setting the world on fire, called Rob Lee. Um, so that they're, they're a good side; they're not going to give it uh, give it up easily. And uh, Willie McFall has the luxury of sending uh, out uh, um, an unchanged team with Brian Tinian filling in a substitute. Um, a decent first half, end-to-end -end stuff. And uh, Paul Williams scores for, for Charlton just before half-time and they go in 1-0 ahead. Uh, but, it, but it looks like we can get something out of this game because they're, uh, they're not dominating we're, uh, and so Darren Jackson, just after half time, only about the third or the fourth kick of the ball, uh, equalises. Brian Tinian's on now as a substitute uh, for John Robertson. And uh, from a corner, he, he heads in a nice goal to put with 2 1. And then just when we think we're going to get the points, up pops a certain Rob Lee with a thunder ball from outside the area, and it's 2 2. It's it's an away point though, which which does a lot for confidence, and uh, more importantly, it gets it gets a point on the board uh, because we're 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 not looking very very good at the moment. Um, so we we're, we're now um, in the League Cup, uh, second round, first leg at Bramall Lane against Sheffield United, seventeen thousand, nearly eighteen thousand at the game. Dave Bassett is the manager at Sheffield, and they have an um, interesting side, Graham Bumpstead in goal, and a certain Chris Wilder at, at fullback, uh, who was uh, to become the manager eventually, and not, not too long ago. In fact, 
not too long ago was manager at Middlesbrough. Um, that's the same Chris Wilder, uh, Stuart Webster, uh, Paul Stanley, Martin Pike, Alan Roberts, Brian Smith, uh, Ian Bryson, Mark Todd, Tony Angana, and Brian Dean. Brian Dean was an enormous centre forward, six foot plus, and uh, one of those uh, old fashioned bustling type of centre forwards that uh, uh, some people used to like. Um, Willie McFall has uh, um, uh, almost an unchanged team. Uh, Michael O'Meal's fit again, so he comes in, and uh, John Robertson sits on the substitutes bench. Um, all blown apart within 20 minutes because Brian Dean scores two goals, one on 10 minutes, one on 20 minutes, and they go in at half time 2 0 up. Um, Paul Stancliffe finishes off just off the half time 3 0, and Chef that's Sheffield win 3 0. And we just aren't at the races, I'm afraid. So, um, that's uh, first leg 3 0 down. That's a lot to take back, but who knows? People are optimistic, and uh, uh, with Newcastle, things funny how things change. So, our next game is an away game to uh, to Liverpool. We go to Anfield with uh, 30, 39,500 at the game. Uh, it's a uh, uh, traditional Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff. Liverpool still managed by Kenny Dalglish uh, with uh, um, a whole range of, uh, of stars. They've got a new goalkeeper, Mike Cooper, uh, Gary Ablett, a young, a young scout that's come into the team, Steve Nichols, Steve Staunton, uh, Gary Gillespie, Ray Houghton. Jan Molby, Nigel Spackman, who they've got from Chelsea, Ronnie Whelan, Peter Beardsley, <laughs> and John Aldridge. Um, a really, a really talented team. And uh, Willie McFall has the luxury of being able to send out a, an unchanged team. Uh, and, uh, uh, well, to say that it's fingers crossed for this one's putting it mildly. We, we, nobody anticipates that we're going to get much out of this. Um America will might get a draw. Well, with Newcastle United, you, you, you just have to bite your finger in sometimes because on three minutes, Gary Gillespie puts Liverpool ahead 1-0 and uh, it looks like it's it's one way, uh, one way traffic. And then on 29 minutes, John Henry opens his account for Newcastle with a superb individual goal and uh, it's 1-1. And and the second half is is uh, end-to-end stuff. Um it, uh, it, it, McFall hasn't got the team playing, uh, parking the bus, as it were. They're, they're, they're still having a go. And, uh, lo and behold, he's rewarded because on 85 minutes, a certain Mr. Merendini scores an absolute corker, uh, to give a 2 1 lead. Then the next 10 minutes is sheer mayhem in the Newcastle penalty area, but we hang on to a 2 1 lead, which uh, surprised the football world, to put it mildly. Uh, but it, we're getting points on the board, and that's 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 very important to us. The the infamous celebration as well, which uh, people were saying that uh, Mirandina was sticking his V's up at the uh, at the cop after scoring this uh, winner. Yes, yes. I, I think when you watch it back, he's he's celebrating, he's pointing to the badge, and he's trying yeah, to he's, the crowd up. Um, he wasn't that's right. No, Mirandina no, wasn't I, I, that kind of player. Well, well, of course, um, anything that's unusual. The, People will have their own opinion about what it was, but uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Steve. Um, 
so we're now uh, at home to Coventry City. And after a win at Anfield, uh, we, everybody thinks, well, Coventry's going to be um, a doddle. <laughs> 22, nearly 23,000 at the game. And uh, Willie McFall um, uh, has the luxury of, a, of an unchin. Well, no, he doesn't. He, he has to bring in Kevin Scott because um, uh, centre-half is, is injured and, and uh, so he, he, he has to make that change. And uh, um, However, it, it's virtually unchanged team. And, and as I say, haven't got a, a victory at Liverpool. Everybody thinks this is going to be straightforward. Well, it wasn't straightforward because Coventry came out um, all guns blazing, as the only way to describe it. And then by half an hour, we were 3-0 down. Uh, same sort of feeling I can remember of disappointment as opposed to the elation I felt when we went 5-0 up and half an hour against Spurs. It was it was the disaster. And the, the rumblings in the Gallagher corner were, were um, really, really um, heavy, you know, and, and largely directed at Willie McFall, I've got to say. Coventry City, managed by John Sillett, ex-Chelsea fullback. Um, and some really um, stalwarts and talented players in a mixture. Brian Burrows at the back, Steve Sedgley, Brian Kelt-Klein at the middle of their defence, um, Greg Downs, Mickey Glynn, uh, Jane, uh, Steve Smith, Gary Bannister, David Speedy, who was always a thorn in our side, and Cyril Regis, their big centre-forward, who also was um, prone to give us a hard time. Well, as I say, within half an hour, it was over. Cyril Regis in five minutes, David Speedy in, in uh, 15 minutes, in Mickey Jane at uh, the half hour. And we never looked like we we're going to get in it. I mean, far from thinking we might get something out of it, we were absolutely dreadful. And uh, um, the uh, chorus of boos at the end at, uh, when the match was over, and largely, as I say, directed at Willie McFall, um, and uh, was the end of Willie McFall is, is the honest answer we're now bottom of the league and the directors were scrambling around to, to, to think what to do well the only thing they could do is, is they got rid of Willie McFall and uh, uh, sad in many ways because the season before he performed miracles but it was the, the his attitude at the beginning of the season, this complex he had, thinking everybody was against him, didn't do him any favours. And so once they got the chance, the directors got rid of him. And up stepped Colin Suggett as caretaker manager now. And we're at home against Sheffield United on the second leg of the uh, uh, of the League Cup. Only 14,000 at the game. Uh, Colin Suggett doesn't change anything in the... Uh, um, in the, in the team, he, he sends out a team that Willie McFall would have sent out. And uh, Sheffield United come with a team that, that walloped with uh, um, at Bramall Lane. Dave Bassett still a manager. And as I say, uh, Chris Wilder at fullback and uh, some uh, uh, talented uh, players in the side. But the big one was, uh, got to watch Brian Dean. He, he, he's the danger man. Um, uh, good, good game. The, the Magpies give a good account of themselves. John Henry in in, in twenty minutes puts one 0 in the lead, and uh, uh, 
the way we're playing, it looks like we, we might pull back this 3-0 deficit that we've got. But uh, sadly not. Um, even though just before the end, Mirandinha scores the second. We never looked like getting three. So Sheffield United go through. Uh, and that's the end of our um, current foray into the, into the League Cup. The next game is an away game at, uh, at West Ham. Um, not a place to go when you're, when you're on the downers, but it doesn't matter. It's what the fixture list says. And off we go to West Ham. 18,000 in the in the open park. Uh, John Lyles, the manager still, and they still have a quite talented team. Team a new goalkeeper in Alan McKnight, but the rest of the team virtually unchanged from the previous season. Um, uh, Ray Stewart, Julian Dix, Tommy Tony Gale, Alvin Martin, Alan Devonshire, Alan Dickens, Paul Ince is a name people will will know. Uh, Stuart Slater, Mark Ward, and a name we do know, David Kelly. Um, and uh, he scored a hat trick on the telly. He certainly did. <laughs> and uh, Suggett again sends out a, a, a virtually unchanged uh, side. Uh, Ian Bogie's substitute, but that's to come on because Andy Thorne gets a knock on the second half. Um, first half, even Stephen, give a good account to ourselves. Second half, West Ham step it up. And uh, within 48 minutes, just before 50 minutes, Alan Dickens scores to put them in the lead. And then towards the end, um, John Anderson gives away a penalty by tripping up none other than David Kelly. Uh, so they, they 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 get a 2-0 win. Uh, and to be honest, we, we again we we were we were second best all the way through the, the game. It was uh, it was quite uh, quite disappointing. So the next game is is at home to uh, Middlesbrough, and uh, well, fans are desperate for something because it's. Uh, um, uh, we're still bumping on the bottom of the league, which is uh, quite uh, quite worrying. Um, and uh, we uh, still have Colin Sugar as caretaker. Um, twenty three thousand, nearly twenty four thousand at the game, which is amazing considering the run of results we've had. Um, Sugar sends out the same same team, um, apart from uh, on the left side of attack. He, he's he's brought in a lad he he bought. From uh, Hereford, I think it's, it's Lynn Payne, uh, Lee Payne rather, uh, who's a fast, talented uh, uh, left winger uh, into the side. So that that's our side. Middlesbrough um, uh, come uh, for me. This is always a, like a well, it is a derby match for me with our side friends, uh, and um, has big family connotations for me because I have family that live in. Uh, Middlesbrough and Billingham and all that sort of area. Bruce Reacts, the manager now, with the, the famous uh, Derby and Scottish International. Uh, Bruce Reacts is the manager. Uh, they've they've got some uh, new talent in. They've got uh, Stephen Pears in goal. They've got a young man called Gary Pallister in, in, in the back line. Another man called Tony Mowbray, who we know. Colin Cooper. Uh, um, Gary Hamilton, Mark Burke. Stuart Ripley. In, in the forward line, a talented, very dangerous right winger, and a goal scorer who becomes a thorn in the side of everybody and anybody, a uh, Scotchman called Bernie Slaven. Um, and uh, so they, they're going to have to be watched. This isn't, this isn't going to be uh, too easy. 
first half's um, okay. It's a good, good uh, back and forward stuff, but nobody looks like scoring. There's a there's a couple of hit woodwork strikes by both teams, and then just before half time, um, John Henry fires in a quarter of a shot to uh, uh, to the goal, and it bounces off uh, Gary Pallister's backside and rolls into the corner of the net. So we go in one nil at half time. Second half is is even Stephen and doesn't look like anybody's going to score anymore. But then uh, we hadn't accounted for the, the talents of uh, our good friend Mirandinia, who on uh, 60 minutes scores a second and then on 65 a third. So we end up 3-0 winners against Middlesbrough, which is uh, a sigh of relief for everybody because uh, we, 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 it does actually lift us off the, off the bottom of the league, um, which is... Uh, Psychologically, for both supporters and and for the uh, um, for the team, uh, it is a great thing. The next game is is a home game against Nottingham Forest. Um, again, a team that always uh, good competition, good football. Twenty five thousand at the game, and I think that reflects on our previous week's victory. And Colin Suggett, uh has the luxury of selling out a team. An unchanged team, which uh, uh, you'd expect after the previous result, and Forrest come with uh, Brian Clough still the manager, and he he has very um, few changes in his team. Got a new goalkeeper called Mark Crossley, uh, who who becomes uh, quite a personality, um, and of course he's got the talented Des Walker, Stuart Pierce in in the back line. In the forward line, he's got his son, Nigel Clough, Steve Hodge, Neil Webb, uh, and uh, Lee Chapman, who he, he's now bought from Sheffield Wednesday, um, big blonde centre-forward, who's uh, got to be watched. Absolute pain in the backside. Um, and uh, it's a good game. They're playing both sides, playing attractive football. Um, but just before half-time... Uh, Sorry, just after half time, uh, Lee Chapman gets loose in the penalty area and slots home uh, a goal uh, to knock the stuffing out of, uh, of Newcastle. Uh, try as they might, they couldn't breach Forrest's defence. And Mark Crossley, when he got the chance, was shown why Clough had bought him. And uh, it ended 1 0 to Forrest. And we, we really didn't look like we were going to get back in this uh, this game at all. And George, did we have a new so manager by this stage? Which... Did we have a new manager uh, in, in no, was... by this stage? Still Suggett? No, it was still, was still Colin Suggett. Yeah, I mean, wow. it was nearly seven weeks. That's crazy. Direct... I, mean, I mean, like, it was, because my mindset, was... I, haven't, I, I, haven't researched, I haven't researched this particular season. Um, yeah. but it just seems like an incredibly long time. I, I keep waiting for you to go, and the next manager was. I know I put no. him up by mistake earlier on, but this is crazy. No, no, no I, I, I deliberately put that picture in to set the scene. It's telling people where, where, where we were going. But seven, I think it was seven weeks, Steve. The, the directors dithered and dithered and dithered. They didn't, they, I, I mean... They didn't even appoint Suggett as manager. He he still was caretaker, which I think is unfair as well for that length of time. You know, yeah, um, uh, caretaker for a month, yes, but seven weeks. Anyway, it sealed our fate, is my opinion. 
That that was the direct. Yeah, I'd agree, George. Yeah, I'd agree. See, sorry, sorry for interrupting you, George. And no, no, it's 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 important because the people watching should know yeah. that as well. Because it, as you said earlier, if you feel down about things that happened at Newcastle, go back to this season and see see what see what this season was like. Um, anyway, twenty four thousand at the game, to nearly twenty five thousand, uh, and uh, it's. Uh, it's a disaster for because we're, we're we're back struggling at the at the bottom of the league again, and uh, to help not to help things. Well, nothing helps at the moment because we're um, we're uh, um, away to QPR, and uh, um, well, it's uh, nothing short of a disaster. Um, QPR with the. Um, all sorts of talents in the in the side um, have uh, well basically taken apart. Um, Al- Falco, Allen, uh, Maddox all score um, easy goals. Eleven thousand at the game uh, to take the match three 0 And our unchanged team is is having a go, um, but only just we, we we really we really weren't. In the game to any extent to get anything out of it, and uh, a three-nil away win at this stage of the season, which was sitting on the back bottom of the bottom of the uh, pile, uh, was uh, not short of a disaster. Because QPR weren't great shakes themselves; they were they weren't uh, uh, pulling up trees either. Anyway, we we come home to a home game against Arsenal, um, and you know, there's <laughs> if you want to. Catch your breath and think you'll recover. The last thing you want to do is be playing a team like Arsenal, which who's been touted to be championship possibilities, and yet um, uh, twenty four thousand uh, turn up for the game uh, with Colin Suggett as our caretaker still, and he sends out a, um, an unchanged side, and uh, um, Lee Payne, this this young winger that McFall bought. It's proven to be quite a fine. He's, he's quite a dangerous player. Um, Arsenal come managed still by George Graham. Uh, well, the names in the team are still names now because we see them so much on television. John Lukic, the goalkeeper, Lee Dixon, fullback, Nigel Winterburn, uh, Michael Thomas, Steve Bolt, centre half, Tony Adams at the, in the centre backs as well, Roe Castle, Kevin Richardson, Alan Smith, the centre forward. Um, Martin Hayes and Brian Marwood, who has northeast connections, and the substitute introduced is a, is a man called Paul Merson. Don't we know him? Uh, I mean, he's predicted uh, our demise for the last two years on Sky Television, and still never um, has the has the uh, the courage to say he was wrong. But never mind that, that that's another issue. Uh, it's a good good game. Second, first half we're given as good as we got. Second half's the same, but then, as would happen with Newcastle, right at the death, their big centre-half called Steve Bold gets a header from a corner and, and in it goes. And so we lose we lose to, to, to Arsenal. Um, we're at the den next, away to Millwall. Um, Millwall managed 16,000 at the game. John Duckett, he's their manager, who, who they've uh, just brought in from, from Oxford, I think it was. And uh, um, some good good names in their, in their side, old West Ham and Chelsea players like uh, 
uh, and Tottenham players, Teddy Sheringham, Tony Cascarino is a name to, to uh, conjure with, um, Les Burtley, Terry Herlock was uh, West Ham, uh, Steve Wood indoors. Uh, but playing on their right wing is a young man called Paul Stevenson. And we go to the middle wall. Hopefully we get something out of this match because they're not pulling up trees either. Um, not quite the same team. Uh, John Colwell's left out and Darren Jackson comes in. Kenny Wharton's left out because um, Mirandina is back uh, from an injury. And uh, so we think we, we've got a good chance here at, uh, at Millwall. Well, we had a good chance for 20 minutes because by then, uh, Terry Herlock and Alan McLeary had made 2 0 at the middle wall. So people hope and above hope that we'll do something in the second half. Well, um, we don't, we, we, we just get uh, slaughtered again in, in many ways. And the architect of the, of the defeat was, was none other than Paul Stevenson. He didn't score, but of the four goals they got, because they got two more one through Cascarino and one from Kevin O'Callaghan, Callahan. Um, of the four goals, this got three were, were from direct uh, crosses from the byline by Paul Stevenson. Um, painful, but defeat it was, and, and we we never looked like we'd be part of that game. Uh, and and uh, so we we come home, and we, we we've got a a mountain decline in the next home game because we're playing none other than Manchester United, um, and uh, it's. Uh, one that I don't think they'd be looking forward to. Um, 20,000 at the game, I think that reflects on our previous uh, um, uh, results. Colin Suggett, still caretaker manager. Um, he sends out uh, not quite an unchanged team because he he's puts Kenny Wharton on because Lee Payne's got an injury. Um, so Alex Ferguson sends out his strongest team Jim Leighton, Mal Donaghy, Steve Bruce, Brian Garton, Clayton Blackmore, Tony Gill, Brian McNair, Brian Robson, uh, Lee Martin, Lee Sharp and Mark Hughes. Lee Sharp's injured and Mark Robbins comes on as substitute. Mark Robbins, uh, tidy, dangerous little winger, uh, but in the last few years, he's making quite a good name for himself as, as a manager in the lower leagues. He's, he's done lots of good things with Coventry, with, uh, with Barnsley and, and people like that. So, um, we've got to batten down this one to, to see if we get something out of it, and that's exactly what we do. We, we, we it's end to end stuff, we, we, we're playing uh quite strong at, at the back, and uh, despite number of shots hitting the woodwork, um, it's nil nil at half time and it's nil nil at, at 90 minutes. We got a point out of a game that we, we nobody expected we'd get anything out of. Uh, but you've got to give credit where credit's due, and and, and they they did they did uh, hold hold our own against Manchester United. What's interesting is some of the the older heads the, 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 amongst the new players, like John Henry and the rest of it, were, were could be actively seen to be G and the other players up, which is which was quite nice because we remember we're just coming out of a um, out of a, a doldrums with uh, with with Willie McFall where. All sorts of accusations about rows in the dressing room and all that sort of thing. So we now um, go away to Luton Town, um, 8,000 in Kenilworth Road. Ray Harford's their manager. Um, lots of talent in the team. Let's see Lee and Cole. 
uh, Marvin Johnson at the, in, in the back, Danny Wilson on the right side, Ricky Hill uh, inside him, Roy Wigry, um and Ricky Hill, Ricky Hill combining on the left, quite dangerous. Um, so they, they, they're a tidy side, but they're not going to, they shouldn't be uh, a worry to us. Uh, Colin Suggett um, sends out a, um, um, attempts to send out a, um, uh, an unchanged team. Unfortunately, very early in the game, Mirandina gets hurt, and a young man that uh, McFall brought from Scotland called Archie Gourley. Uh, Archie goes on, and uh, and there's the man having his say with the referee. Archie Gourley um, is uh, uh, is uh, substituted. Um, Lee Payne's back on the left wing as well. Uh, good game, but um, a one which um, was never going to be any goals. I, 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 when you read about this, there's just no mention of, of woodwork or shots or saves. It must be one of the easiest games that the two goalkeepers have ever had. And it had nil-nil written all over it, and that's how it ended. It was, it was really a very poor nil-nil. Uh, and uh, so we come home and we uh, um, come home to a, um, a game against Wimbledon and uh, we uh, always some trepidation when Wimbledon's the team there they are uh, in the cup winning season with our goalkeeper now <laughs> Dave Besant holding the trophy uh, but all, all the crazy gang there uh, and uh, um, but now something dramatic has happened because our team's managed by none other than a man called Jim Smith. It's taken the director seven weeks to decide, and they eventually prized uh, Jim Smith away from his, his current job. Uh, and that's our um, new coach, um, as well, whose name is Bobby Saxton. Bobby, Bobby Saxton, Saxton, that's it. Thank you. Uh, it was some tip me tongue. Um, and it was, uh, there was a, there was an uplift the fact that it was a new manager and uh, oh yes um, the other big change of course is that Stan Seymour Junior has stood down uh, after the shamuckle of seven weeks without a manager um, he eventually gave in and Gordon McKeague came uh, as, as chairman uh, to uh, try and sort out this this mess but. He had bigger things, fish than that to fry, because waiting for him was John Hall and his magpie group to try and take the take the club over, and uh, it, it, we were a mess then. It, it, it's the only way to describe it. Also, a year to remember. This was this was the Hillsborough year. This is when Hillsborough happened. This is when Jackie Milburn was put to rest for us all. Uh, so, it, if if you wanted. Want a, a season where you get your hanky out? This, this is it, lads. Uh, Twenty thousand at this game, and it's uh, it's a good game that the, the Newcastle's playing a tidy game of football and, and pressing Wimbledon, uh, who are, are not going to lie down. Uh, interestingly, Jim Smith sends out virtually an unchanged team for the one that Colin Suggett was playing, um, and uh, on forty minutes just before half time. John Henry scores a nice uh, Henry scores nice goal, um, just after half time. Uh, Terry Gibson equalises for for Wimbledon, and then on eighty minutes another goal, beautiful goal by John Henry, a, a, a nice long drive that he was uh, quite famous for. Um, 
give us the victory 2-1 and uh, to say there was a sigh of relief is putting it mildly uh, because uh, it, it lifted with a little bit off the bottom of the league um, and looked like Smith may be going to do something with this squad. It's not a bad squad. That's that's the other thing about it. it just uh, uh, if you look at that squad, it wasn't a bad squad. Anyway, we're off to Watford for um, the Simard Cup third round at Vicarage Road. Six thousand in the crowd. Uh, Steve Harrison's their manager now, um, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's a game which. Uh, We've got to have a chance in because what Watford aren't, you know, aren't, aren't uh, pulling up uh, uh, trees at the moment. Anyway, uh, off we go. Uh, and uh, Jim Smith again uh, sends uh, sends out what is almost uh, um, uh, an unchanged team, except that John Anderson's injured and he brings in Kevin Scott. Um, uh, Watford, Tony Corton, N- Nigel Gibbs, David Holdsworth. Kenny Jacket, Tim Sherwood, who, who uh, uh, ex-Spurs, um, people might remember, had a brief sojourn as Aston Villa manager not so long ago. Neil Redfin, who, who was uh, a coach of ours for quite a long time with the with the under-23s. Uh, Gary Porter, um, Ricky Holden, um, and Glenn Hodges, who, uh, who didn't like Newcastle. Um, it was an interesting game, but a one which uh, um, nil nil at half time. Uh, Watford really up things after the start of the second half. And Ricky Holden and Paul Wilkinson in a space of five minutes after half time put them 2 nil in the lead. And then just towards the end, um, Mirandina got us a consolation. Uh, but that's all it was. It was a consolation because we, we never looked like getting an equaliser. It was. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't one of our best games. Um, we now go come home to a game against Southampton, um, who uh, have a, a talented side. Nineteen thousand at the game, um, reflecting on the way things results have gone. Jim Smith's now uh, got Brian Tinian back at left back. Now introduces a young man. That he got from Manchester United called Liam O'Brien, uh, and uh, uh, Kevin Brock's brought in as well, a midfielder who who, who uh, had been bought. Um, Chris Nicholas, manager of Southampton, Tim Flowers, Ray Wallace, Kevin Moore, Russell Osman they got from from uh, Ipswich, Derek Statham, Graham Baker, Jimmy Case, Glenn Cockrell, Matt Leticia uh, was. Uh, um, in, well established in that team now, Rodney Wallace and uh, um, sorry Danny Danny Wallace sorry yeah Rodney Wallace and Danny Wallace uh, in that side. The substitutes a young man called Paul Rideout who was to become uh, quite a talented player. Um, it's end to end stuff. Good football game. Um, people like what they're seeing of Newcastle at the moment in, in the Gallagher corner. Um, Kevin Brock puts you in the lead in about 15 minutes. And then um, Matt Letizia, uh it would be him, uh, on just before half-time, uh, equalises and then um, doubles the dose on the extra time towards half-time. He makes it 2-1 to Southampton. Um, 
after this start the second half, um, Newcastle do have a go and uh, the talent of Michael O'Neill come to the fore again and, he, and in quick session uh, he scores two beautiful goals uh, to go to give us to make us three uh, two, and then uh, right at the death, uh, Rodney Wallace for Southampton makes it three three. But at least they're having a go, and and and, and people are. I know in the Gallagher corner the feeling was that at least they're seeing some good football from this it's uh, team now that Smith's now managing, and uh, it's uh, it's. It, the signs are, signs are looking better, is, is how I'd say. So then we go away to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, always a, a, a tough game. 26,000 at Tillsborough. Um, Peter Eustace, now manager of Sheffield Wednesday. They've got rid of Howard Wilkinson. But but the team's uh, hardly changed. Uh, and it contains names that we know very well. Uh, Nigel Pearson, for example, is in the defence. Nigel Worthington, um, Laurie Madden, Gary Megson. Siggy Johnson, Mark Proctor from Middlesbrough, and a centre forward called Henry Virardi uh, suddenly appears for Sheffield Wednesday, and Colin Colin West as the uh, um, lines up beside him, the ex Sunderland forward. They've also got a substitute, David Hurst, though they've just bought from from Everton. Uh, Jim Smith has uh, now introduced two new fullbacks: Ray Ranson, Kenny Sansom. And Liam O'Brien's kept his place, and uh, um, Kevin Brock's kept his place. So the, slowly but surely, the team's changing under Jim Smith. But I think what the fans find is that they're playing better football. So we go to Sheffield Wednesday, and um, it's it's a, a good football game, end-to-end -end stuff. David Hurst puts Sheffield Wednesday in the lead after about a quarter of an hour. And then... Um, uh, Michael O'Neill uh, uh, on about 40 minutes and then just before half time last kick before half time uh, one of uh, McFall's signings Rob McDonald um, makes it 2-1 2-1 at half time second half both teams have a go but neither look like they're going to score and it ends with a 2-1 victory to Newcastle which is you know sat Collective size of relief around the city is, is, is putting it nightly. So you then come back and we, we go off to uh, an away game at, uh, at Tottenham. Um, uh, going to be a tough game. 28,000 at White Hart Lane. Um, Terry Venerable's their manager, but the team of all talents, um, Bobby Mims and Gold, uh, Fairclough, Fennick, Bergeson, um, Mitchell Thomas, Gary Mabbitt, Paul Alan, Chris Waddle, Paul Stewart, and Paul Walsh. Um, Jim Smith, uh, um, not tinkering too much, leaves the two new fullbacks in, leaves all, uh, Liam O'Brien in, and uh, um, leaves Michael O'Neill in, but uh, Mirandina has to substitute for him uh, midway through the second half. Um, it's a game which, from the off, Tottenham are up for it. And within five minutes, Paul Walsh has put them in the lead. And then just before half-time, a certain Chris Waddle, Waddle makes it 2-0. And a send win 2-0 down. Second half, we, 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 we dig our heels in and uh, certainly defend well, but never look like we're going to get into the game. And it ends with a 2-0 win to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and uh, regrettably sends us down the league again and where we'd 
we'd rather not be. Um, and the next game is a home game against Derby, uh, Derby County. Um, interestingly, because of uh, I, I, this is a game I couldn't understand. Thirty thousand at this game. Um, it's it's a holiday game, second of January, which is probably these reason. But thirty thousand after the results we'd had was was quite surprising. Um, and the referee, none other than a man called Keith Hackett from Sheffield, um, uh, one of the personality referees, I think is the best way to describe it. Um, Smith sends out an unchanged team, Besant, Ransom, Sansom, McCleary, Scott, Rhoda, uh, Henry, Glenn Rhoda is about to be sold, uh, Rob McDonald, Liam O'Brien, uh, Kenny Wharton and Kevin Brock. Um, Arthur Cox, the manager of Derby, still uh, has still got a, a talented team. Peter Shilton in the, in goal. Mark Wright, Bob Hindosh, Hindmarsh, um, Terry McMinn, a dangerous uh, uh, midfield attacker. Nigel Callahan, Dean Saunders, um, who who we uh, know, such a dangerous goal scorer, and of course. Uh, Paul Goddard, who uh, Arthur Cox took from us. Um, good uh, football game in the first half, end to end stuff. And we go in nil-nil in the, in the Gallagher corner. It's quite uh, happy with that because, again, we're, we're playing tidy football, which is uh, um, which is uh, pleasing. And uh, it looks as though it's going to be nil-nil all the time. And then corner on about 85 minutes, big mark right at centre-half makes it 1-0 and there's no way we're going to come back from that so we'll, we'll lose that one 1-0 one and, and uh, Was that that no, game that Peter Shilton had an absolute blinder or was that a different game because no. it might have been a 0-0 it might have been a 0-0 I'm thinking of but yeah I mean Shilton yeah. Derby, always a great player and, uh, and and the top the man who holds the record for most international caps in England 125 well, that, that's right and it's interesting how people got rid of Shilton because they thought he was finished and every every team he went to after that, he just seemed to get better. I mean, he was out. Yeah, you were right. He was outstanding for Derby. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So we now um, uh, got uh, FA Cup third round uh, against Watford at home, and everybody's hoping above hopes that that'll be enough to get us through. Um, another um, uh, personality referee, Roger Dilks. Who uh, was one of the few, one of the referees who used to like to have his say, which was unusual in those days because they wouldn't say anything. Jim Smith sends out an unchanged team, uh, and uh, Watford still got Steve Harrison as the manager, and it's virtually the team we played in the in in the uh, in the league. Um, there's one um, uh, major difference, and that is Paul Wilkinson. They've bought, I think, it was from Sheffield Wednesday as a talented left winger and uh, otherwise it's the same um, it's not the best game of the season in fact it's 24,200 yeah, it was it was painful it was a nil-nil draw it was always going to be a nil-nil draw um, and uh, uh, we we had to face a replay at Watford to, to see if we could progress in the in the FA Cup and uh, um Interestingly, 
it happened very quickly as well on the following tuesday we go to watford and uh um we uh um send jim smith sends uh, 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 uh virtually unchanged team except we have the appearance of a new goalkeeper called tommy wright who was to become a bit of a favorite with the fans i think and uh 16,400 at Vicarage Road. Um, Watford unchanged from the team that we played in the first game. And as I say, apart from Tommy Wright, we were we were virtually unchanged as well. Um, good game this time. Um, but it, it's funny how people who are, are attached with us are connected, connected with us tend to cause us problems because um, within 10 minutes, Neil Redfern, who eventually became one of our coaches, gives Watford the lead um, just at half time Kevin Brock equalises and then um, after the uh, uh, start second half Neil Redfern again scores from a penalty spot and then right at the death Mirandinia scores from a penalty for us so 2-2 two, two, and and uh, um, that's how it stayed and uh, we uh, come to a second replay which which was this, I think this was the last season that they did second replays because uh, we hadn't got into the extra time death system like like, like we have now. Um, however, we 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 have, before that we've got a um, an away game at Aston Villa in the in the league, um, and uh, twenty one thousand at Villa Park. Graham Taylor now is Aston Villa manager. They managed to prize him away from from Watford. Um, some really well-known players in the uh in the villa team the nigel spink martin q and the, who ended up as arsenal center back uh, who will see a lot on television Stuart gray uh, gordon cowan's very talented midfielder whose career was shut caught cut short by injury um when he was playing for england and talented center forward called andy gray who's uh into football terms he can't escape that name and then a young man called david platt who was to uh um, making him for himself as it, with England, uh, and another TV personality on, on Sky Sports, Alan McNally, uh, was was in the side. So him and Gray up front uh, must have been a handful because they were both uh, quite rugged centre forwards. Um, and Tony Daly, a talented winger. So we we go there with the uh, hope we might get something. Jim Smith sends an unchanged team, keeps uh, Tommy Wright in. And a substitute introduces a, a young man who's come from uh, Sweden for quite a lot of money called Frank Pingel. And uh, that's a name to conjure with these days. Anyway, we we, we get into the game and uh, that's Bernie Christensen's the other one uh, from Denmark. I, I used to like Christensen. Um, very, very uh, calm uh, player, uh, but uh, never mind. Um it was uh, first half end to end, but uh, Andy Gray puts them in the lead about 20 minutes. And then Mirandinha um, scores an equaliser on about half an hour, and we go in 1 1. And people are hoping, well, maybe we're going to get something out of this. Well, um, we didn't because uh, the Tony Daly, the, the talented winger I talked about, um, tore the defence apart. And a couple of crosses from him. And Alan McNally got on the end of one of them and scored a second goal. And then just to complete it, Tony Daly himself 
uh, shot from the edge of the area and made it three one. So we 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 lost three one and, and we never were ever going to get back in in that particular game. Um, so we now um, continue our series of cup ties against uh, against Watford, the second replay at St James's, um, and uh, Jim Smith sends out uh, try does, well he. He doesn't send out the same team because he brings in Ian Bogey for Rob MacDonald and Mike, Michael O'Neill for Kenny Wharton, and they had just dropped to the substitutes bench. Um, uh, Watford unchanged from the team that we played already twice um, with Tim Sherwood and Neil Redfern uh, and, and so on. Um, and it's it's not a, not a bad game, um, but... Uh, 29,000 in the crowd. You know, people are hoping for a cup run, obviously. But um, a nil-nil, which was uh, so disappointing. The football was quite good, but um, it would be easy to say that uh, Wright and Corton, uh, the two goalkeepers, uh, won't won't get a, have an easy, easier time. Because it never looked like either side was going to score a goal. And, uh, of course, uh, even after extra time, uh, it doesn't get any better. We're still, we're still nil nil. So we go to the dreaded um, third replay <laughs> um, against Watford, and uh, Steve Harrison just sends out the same team. Um, he changes one place. He he puts David Holdwoods back in at fullback instead of Paul Miller. Uh, Jim Smith, we we. Uh, we have uh, um, the same team. He keeps uh, Kevin Scott in. He keeps uh, Rog McDonald in. But he brings Ian Broad Bogie in for, for Kevin Brock. And, uh, well, it's uh, here we go. Um, at back at Vicarage Road again. And uh, it's it's another abysmal game, is, is the truth. It's first half, nil-nil. Uh, neither team look like they're going to score. Then, it, just after the uh, half time, there's uh, there's a scuffle in the goal at uh, um, in our penalty area, and a shot by um, and Tim Sherwood hits um, Kevin Scott and deflects into the into the goal, and that gives Watford one nil, and. We never looked like we're going to get an equaliser, sadly. And so Watford progress. Sorry, and that was in extra time. And Watford progress after four games and uh, two games which went to extra time. Um, just uh, how that's how the, the FA Cup was. I mean, it, it was it was amazing how Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, the, the, these replays went on. And and I think it's a good thing that they uh, they scrapped all that uh, stuff. It's uh... anyway we come home to a uh, home game, league game against Charlton, desperate to get something out of this game to take off the bottom of the league. Um, Jim Smith uh, sticks to the same same team um, that he played in the cup tie. Um, Lenny Lawrence has sent sends his team with. Uh, um, uh, no, no great additions from from the previous game, um, with the talented winger Garth Crooks, who was uh, 
causing all sorts of mayhem. Uh, and a talented midfielder called Rob Lee, who was uh, now uh, attracting attention of, the, of all sorts of people, really big clubs, uh, because of the way he was playing. Um, it's uh, not a bad game, two good football sides. And then just before half time, uh, Rob Lee scores a, a blinder from uh, uh, from out of the area, real hard drive, and uh, uh, we struggle after that. After half time, uh, we tried and we tried, but it looked like we never looked like we we're going to score. And then just to seal it on about eighty minutes, Rob Lee scores his second, uh, and we lose the match two nil, and sends us plummeting uh, down back down to the bottom of the league. Um, and uh, um, we need we need something to lift with. We need something to lift with. Next game is a home game against uh, Liverpool. Now, you know, after to say we need something to lift with, Liverpool's the opponents. Yeah, you're going to pray very hard. Uh, so anyway, um, Jim Smith's uh, got um, changes in the team. He he plays. Uh, um, John Anderson into the team uh, and, and drops uh, uh, Ray Ranson um, and otherwise it's the same Liam O'Brien still in the team and so on um, my, uh, Rob McDonald and Michael O'Neill out substitutes um, 30,000 at the game um, which is uh, which says a lot about the opposition I think more than anything because Liverpool are touted as the uh, Champions elect, um, Kenneth Dalglish, the manager, and the team, you know, team of all stars, Grobler, Ablett, Burroughs, Steve Nickel, Ray Houghton, Steve McMahon, Ian Jan Molby, Ronnie Whelan, John Aldridge, Ian Rush, and John Barnes. I mean, the, the, goodness gracious, uh, the names to conjure with and, and names that have uh, association with us. And add to the mix, uh, the, the substitute is the little man called Peter Beardsley and after 63 minutes he, he substitutes for Steve Mahon um, so we, we we go into this game and I've got to say Newcastle don't lie down because it's Liverpool they, they give it a real give it a real go and on three minutes Mirandinia slots in a nice drive from the corner of the area so we're 1-0 in the lead and then in 15 minutes jo, uh, Ian Rush um, equalises and uh, um Nobody's surprised about that because Ian Rush is playing well. And then on just after half time, um, 49 minutes and a certain Frank Pinkle scores to make it 2-1. And everybody thinks, my goodness, it's going to be a miracle. We're going to get a victory here. Well, um, sadly, miracles like that don't happen for Newcastle. You know, just before the end, John Aldrich, they're all a dangerous uh, uh, striker, uh, scores as equaliser and we get a but getting a two-two against Liverpool in that game was uh, uh, was really a feather in my cap because they, they were a, playing. Sorry, picture that picture there of Frank Pingle in the game against. Yeah, the, yeah. Danny Brannigan again, a, a well-known person um, locally. I got to know Danny quite well. There. Took a lot of photographs. Big thanks to Danny for the, the supply. Yeah, well, it, it's. Uh, I've got to say, I've, I've used some of his stuff before, as you've probably seen. He's uh, a lovely guy. His his are the easiest to find, Steve. Is the honest answer, you know, you, you can get hold of them. Yeah. Um, we're away to Coventry now, uh, and Highfield Road seventeen thousand at the game. 
Um, John Sillett's still the manager, and they have uh, uh, almost an unchanged team to the one that came to St James's Park. Um, they've got a, a midfielder called Dave Bennett comes in, and uh, um, they've now bought Gary Bannister from, from Sheffield Wednesday. But Cyril Regis is the big danger man, the centre forward. Uh, Jim Smith is uh, uh, the luxury of uh, sending on a, um, uh, an unchanged team. Um, Michael O'Neill's a substitute, and towards the end of the game, Ma Michael O'Neill comes on. Uh, uh, we get off to a, an awful start. Um, there's a corner for Coventry, and it's bobbing around in our penalty area, and somebody. Um, I think it was Regis fired in a, a, a quarter of a shot and it hit Frank Pingle and went into the net past uh, Tommy Wright and that gave Coventry 1-0. And that's on just after half time. First half was 0-0 and was an awful 0-0 first half. So that gets the game going, but in the wrong direction for us. Um, however, within two minutes, John Henry's pullback back equaliser. And then just before the end, um, none other than Brian Kilclane uh, up, up ends Marandini in the penalty area and Marandini steps up to take his own penalty and we get a 2-1 victory which uh, uh, slightly unexpected but great relief because it uh, it uh, doesn't uh, solve our problems but at least it looks like we've, we've got an opportunity to do something so we're back home uh, sorry we're, we're, no, no we're not Guess what, Steve? We've got an interruption here. We've got a friendly <laughs> well, against, hey. against Boston United of all people. What? Look what I, I found the program. Ah, lovely, lovely. It does it say what it's about? Because I couldn't. Um, it find just it. says friendly. It just says friendly fixture. Just friendly, yeah, yeah. And it's it doesn't say anything else. So uh, it's if it were, if it was a, if it was a testimonial, you'd be saying, well, great, but. It's almost as though Newcastle did this to, so that the little clubs would get a bit of cash out of it. I don't know. And that's great to find that, Steve. I couldn't find that one. That's lovely. But there, there's an interruption for us. So we, 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 we go away to Boston United and then we come home to a home game against Middlesbrough in the first division. Um, it's going to be a good game. Always is against the Borough. And uh, 25,000 at the game. And considering where we are in the league, is this an that... away game? Is this an away game on the twenty? Sorry, sorry, it's the away game. Yes, forgive me. Yeah, because um, I found the program for that as well. There you go. Great, great. Yeah, um, I mean, twenty-five thousand at the game at at, uh, at Essen Park. Neither teams, you know, doing anything special. Uh, so that's a decent crowd. Bruce Bruce Rioch, still the manager, and they've uh, got a new uh, goalkeeper, Kevin Poole. And then a new defender called Gary Parkinson comes in. But then they have their stalwarts, Tony Mowbray, Gary Pallister, um, Mark Brennan. Uh, and then in the forward line, they've now got Paul Kirsch, Jet Ripley, Peter Davenport, Davenport and Bernie Slaven. And uh, Jim Smith's sticking to uh, as much as he can with players he knows. He's brought Kenny, uh, Ray Ransom back after his injury. And... Uh, it uh, um, halfway through the uh, through the first half, Mirandina has to go off injured, and Gary Brazil, somebody else that uh, William McFall had bought, uh, comes into the team. Uh, but Liam O'Brien and Kevin Brock are fixtures now. 
Um, so we, we we go to, to Aston Park. It's end when stuff as it usually is there, and uh, um, Michael O'Neill scores a, a great, brilliant individual goal just before half time to put one nil in the lead, and that's how it stays. And we think, well, gosh, we're going to get more points here and, and lift off the bottom of the league. But uh, um, Scotsman called Bernie Slaven uh, soon puts that out of our minds because on on seventy five minutes, Bernie Slaven scores an equaliser. Uh, and we have to be satisfied with a 1-1 draw. But a good, a nice... Again, Jim Smith's got them playing good football, which is... Uh, the fact the results aren't going his way is, is, is more than disappointing. Anyway, we're... we're um, uh, next to uh, another friendly, would you believe? <laughs> another friendly. And we have Bronby from uh, Denmark in in the... Uh, it's in James's Park for a friendly... And uh, we beat them 2-0, but to what end? And the crowd, 3,000, 3,300 uh, for St. James. And I was there. I was there. You were. I, that was my first appearance on the TV because me and my friend were in the Gallagher corner and right. we ran from the top of the Gallagher corner to the bottom of the Gallagher corner to celebrate. And in, yeah. the, uh, in the roundup on ITV, uh, the commentator said, and the crowd went wild. <laughs> And I think well, one of those goals was a fluke. It was a, it was a comical goal where the ball hit the bar, bounced back off the bar, hit Liam Bryan, O'Brien on the head, and went in. Yeah, yeah, he's um, one of the scorers. Yeah, it was bonkers. But uh, yeah, I was there, three thousand three hundred or something crazy. Well, I, I wasn't there, but uh, you know, what a crowd. Well, it says it's something when you can run from the top of the Gallagher corner down the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we, we we get rid of Bromley and we come to a home game against QPR in the first division. Um, twenty two thousand at the game. Jim Smith sticking by the team a little bit now. Uh, he he uh, Liam O'Brien's had a, a bit of a knock and and uh, uh, Michael O'Neill comes in for him and uh, QPR now managed by very famous name Trevor Francis who uh, just this. Last few couple of weeks uh, passed away, poor soul. Um, anyway, uh, David Seaman in goal, uh, Paul Parker at fullback, uh, Mark Dennis, Andy Gray, um, Nigel Spackman, Peter Reed, Wayne Faraday, who we know, Mark Steen has now uh, uh, come, come to them, and Colin Clark. Uh, some older players, but talented players, which uh, uh, were never going to be easy to uh, overcome. Well, we uh, we have a nil-nil at half time. Uh, nothing spectacular happening. Uh, both sides on on top of the uh, defenses on top of the forwards. Then after half time, um, it wakes up a little bit, and uh, Colin Clark for QPR uh, just after half time makes it one nil. And about seventy minutes, Mark Steen uh, makes it two nil. And then just before the end, uh, Ray Ranson gets his opening goal for Newcastle. From a from a um, well, a shot. The, the, the some who would say it was a cross, but it was one of those things that went in the air and ended up in the back of the net. So and, and Ransom got the got the benefit for it. But important, more importantly, we lost two one, which which was disastrous, disastrous because we're now well and truly sat on the bottom of the league. Um, we're off to Nottingham Forest, and. Uh, um, 
Brian Clough's side, team of all talents. Still got uh, Stuart Pierce in the side. Now introduced another fullback called Brian Laws that has northeast connections, and uh, a winger called Franz Carr that we that we get to know quite well. Um, his son Nigel's still in the Nigel Clough's still in the team, of course. Jim Smith has now brought Gary Kelly back into uh, the goal, and he. Uh, uh, drops uh, Frank Pingle and puts Michael O'Neill in, and Kenny Wharton comes in for Gary Brazil. Um, and it's it's not a bad game that both sides playing football. And as I keep saying, Smith at least has gotten playing football. And just before half time, there's a penalty, uh, because uh, Kevin Scott uh, opens uh, Lee Chapman. Um, it nearly comes to fisticuffs, I think. Uh, him and Chapman are battling it throughout the game and then Nigel Clough scores the penalty so one nil down and everybody thinks well that's the way it's going to go um, but lo and behold up steps Kevin Brock to take a, a free kick and it nestles nicely in the back of the corner to give a 1-1 so it it's a little bit of hope but it is only a little bit of hope we're, we're so rock solid on the bottom now that uh, Nobody knows uh, how we're going to get out of it. Um, we come home to play a home match against Everton, of all people, who are one of the championship challengers. And uh, 20,900 at the game. And I've got to remember, I was at this game. And I've got to remember, um, uh, they, they're, they're riding high. And, and, you know, and we're really flat on the bottom. And... Uh, Jim Smith sends out an unchanged team, keeps Gary Kelly in goal, uh, and uh, uh, Pingle and Merendini are substitutes. And uh, Colin Harvey's still Everton manager, and uh, Neville Southall, Pat Vandenhoe, Kevin Ratcliffe, Neil MacDonald, <laughs> Neil Poynton, and then a midfielder called Paul Bracewell, uh, Stuart McCall, Kevin Sheedy, Trevor Stephen, Graham Sharp, and Tony Cotty. Um, and we give it a go. We we we, we don't let Everton settle. They, they, they dig their heels in. And uh, McCreary, this is a game I think that David McCreary showed his metal actually because he he wasn't going to be taken out of this game by any of by McCall or Bracewell or any of the others. And also John Henry was a thorn in the side of Everton. Uh, kept pressing them back, pressing them back. So um, it was no surprise when. Just before half time, Mirandina scored a, a nice goal drive from the edge of the box, like he usually did. Uh, and, and we went in 1 0, uh, expecting a real charge by Everton. And that's what happened. They, they really had a chorus, penned us back, penned us back. And then there was a long ball up upfield through the middle. And uh, Liam O'Brien fastened onto it. And everybody thought, well, he's, he'll they'll get brought down or he'll trip over himself before he gets anywhere. Well, he conf confused everybody, including the goalkeeper, because he, he ran it straight into the net to get with make with 2-0. So against a team of, of, of uh, that magnitude, 2-0 was, was, was just amazing. And people did get a little bit of hope out of that, but uh, um, it... Uh, it lifted well a little bit anyway, it's all, all I'll say. We go to Norwich now, Carrow Road, 22,000 at the game. Uh, Dave Stringer still a manager, and they have their, their talent, you know, range of players. 
Culver House, Linnigan, Bourne, Andy Townsend, Dale Gordon, Mike Phelan, Trevor Putney, uh, Robert Rosario, um, and Malcolm Allen, who, who, who they brought from, from Watford. Um, Jim Smith, uh, I haven't had that win against Everton, obviously plays an unchanged team um, with Pingle and Merendina uh, on the substitutes bench, and it's not long before Merendina's on because Gary Brazil gets injured. And uh, we, uh, he comes on, and about 10 minutes after he comes on, he scores the first goal. So we go in at half time, 1 0 up. Um, and uh, it's looking very promising for us because we're playing well and, and, and pelling them back when we get the chance. And lo and behold, Liam O'Brien again from a corner uh, gets a nice header into the net. And we, we get a good 2 0 victory, which is definitely takes us off the, the bottom of the league. and and as I say, it starts to give people hope uh, that we might uh, rescue something out of this uh, this match. We're now at home to Sheffield Wednesday, um, and uh, hope is that uh, it'll be enough to uh, um, get a, more points on the board because they're 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 not much better than us at this particular stage. Um, but unfortunately. Um, 31,000 at the game, which tells you how, how those two last victories affect the crowd. Um, and uh, it, it's 27th of March, so it could be an East, Easter fixture, but just doesn't matter. We're, we're 31,000 at the game. And uh, Jim Smith uh, keeps uh, it, it's a, an unchanged team, uh, which nobody's surprised at, having got a victory the week before. Sheffield Wednesday come with... Uh, Ron Atkinson now, their, their manager, the flamboyant Ron Atkinson. Uh, and a, a good side, Chris Turner, Nigel Pearson, who we know, um, Alan Harper, Colin, Carlton Palmer, uh, whose who's, uh, son eventually went and played for Sheffield Wednesday as well. Dave Bennett, Steve Whitten and David Hurst as the centre forward they got from, from Everton. Um, it's... Uh, a game we should win, there's no, no doubt about that. But in half an hour, we know it's going to be very hard because uh, Dean Barrett and Nigel Pearson uh, have put uh, Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 in the lead before half-time. After the second half, um, we're looking to fight back, but fight back doesn't come. And David Hurst, the centre-forward, on 60-odd minutes, scores the third. And then on 80 minutes, Mirandina scores a penalty um, uh, uh, that uh, Ian Cranston had tripped up uh, Liam O'Brien, and and so we got a uh, we got a penalty, but it was a consolation penalty. We lost three one to Sheffield Wednesday, and again. And that game, that game was the game that I knew I was going to suffer my first relegation as a fan, George. And yeah. and the two things that stand out, it was a it was a bank holiday fixture. Um, yeah. it was Easter Monday. It was That's what I Sheffield, thought we- did. Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday had this horrible green and white uh, hooped strip on. Yes. And yes. I remember my dad saying, if Newcastle lose today, they're going down. And I was like, oh, God, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah so much pressure on that game in the media as well. But Absolutely. It was, it was, and to lose a six pointer. Um, yeah. It's re- ne- really, never a yeah. good thing. Yeah. And, and and it was because they weren't much better than us, is, is the truth. So we're away to Southampton now. Um, and uh, 16,100 in the Dell. Um, uh, they're playing well, but um, 
not so much that we shouldn't be able to have a go at them, uh, but it doesn't happen. It's it's a poor poor game. Um, nil nil at half time. Uh, the teams are interesting because uh, Southampton have now got a got a man called John Burridge in goal for them. Um, but otherwise, the teams uh, no, they've they've, they've bought a, a um, um, a little man from 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 Wales called Mickey Adams, uh, who's in that team, and a centre back, rugged centre back from West Ham called Neil Ruddick, who's uh, um, got. Uh, Shall we say tattoos for all, all the all the scalps he's taken, and interestingly introduce a young centre forward called Alan Shearer, and uh, the uh, Jim Smith sends a, an unchanged team, uh, but lo and behold, nil nil at half time, very messy first half, and just after half time, uh, they get a penalty because. Uh, uh, Kevin Scott pulls uh, none other than Alan Shearer down and Neil Ruddick steps up and takes the penalty and that's 1-0 to Southampton. And that's how it stayed. Um, we, we never come back into that game. And like you say, Steve, people now realise that whatever we do, we're not, we're not going to get out of this mess. Um, and uh, believe it or not, we have a friendly. <laughs> well, I do believe it. Because it's Kevin, Kevin Keegan's team playing uh, um, Newcastle for Kenny Wharton's testimonial, and uh, oh, great, Steve! That that's smashing. I couldn't, I couldn't get that myself. I couldn't find it. That's lovely. Thanks for that. Um, no problem. But um, you know, before when we were seeing testimonial, they're friendlies. I always look to see whose testimonial it is, and many of them. They're not. There's, there's, there's no reason, or you can't see a reason. But at least this was a reason. And the other thing I, I like about it is there were over twenty thousand people at that game. Twenty thousand eight hundred, which I think was just reward for Kenny's service to, to Newcastle. So, so we get what um, latest friendly out of the way, where latest testimonial out of the way. And there we was a, a there was a great little game prelude to that as well, which you might just be able to make it out on the front of the program. But Newcastle yes. United's 1974 FA Cup team yes, put on yes. uh, Sunderland's 1973 FA Cup team. Yeah. So it was uh, it was great great fair that. Two, and of two course, for one. And the re and the return of Kevin Keegan, who had a, a rather tight curly perm back in those days, which wasn't as great as it was years later. Great to see him. Great to see, uh, you know, so many of the, well, the heroes was, from yesteryear back. As I say, it was a fitting reward for Kenny Wharton, who who was quite a good servant of the club, really. Um, and the fact that he was a local lad as well is, is, is good. Um, so we're back uh, now to a home game against uh, Aston Villa. Um, I think this is an away fixture because I've got an away programme. Ah. No, I've is got that a, right? No, got, I'm, got I'm, a, home. Oh, I'm home. home. It's the home one, right? Okay, yeah, Nobody, yeah. that's my bad. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. Um, twenty thousand at the game, uh, and bearing in mind where we are, that they were still getting twenty thousand is uh, speaks volumes for the supporters uh, sticking up for the team. Uh, Jim Smith keeps Gary Kelly in goal and sends out a, um, a virtually unchanged team, but brings in a, a, another of McFall's silence called Paul Sweeney into the team uh, and uh, um, in place of Marindinia, who's had a knock. Graham Taylor, Aston Villa manager, and their team's uh, team of all talents, Nigel Spink, 
Alan Evans, Chris Price, Martin Keown, Steve Sims, Gordon Cowens, David Platt, Stuart Gray, Nigel Callahan, Alan McAnally, and Ian Only, who was a um, talented winger that they brought on, but he, he didn't last very long. Um, it game's going quite well in the first half, uh, and unfortunately, just before half time, Stuart Gray is allowed to slip through on, on the quiet and uh, nick a goal just inside the post from a from a corner, and uh, we go in one 0 down. Um, after half time, we get hope because Liam O'Brien on 50 minutes uh, equalises. Then just to uh, uh, sort of uh, kill it off altogether, about 80 minutes, David Platt makes it 2-1. And uh, although we bluster and have a go, we, we never look like scoring any goals uh, and uh, resign to the inevitable, I think is, is how I'd describe it. So we now got an away game at Arsenal, which is the last place you'd want to go when you're, you're struggling for points. Um, although, they, they, in fairness to them, they do give this game a go. Um, 38,000 at Highbury because uh, they, they're pushing to be one of the, the teams to be champions. And uh, George Graham's their manager. Um, Teton names that, that, that people remember. Um, John Lukic, the goalkeeper. Lee Dixon, Winterburn, Michael Thomas, O'Leary, Tony Adams, Kevin Richardson, Niall Quinn, Steve Bold and Brian Marwood. Um and uh, Jim Smith sends an unchanged team. Um, and uh, uh, that's not true. He doesn't. He, he brings in uh, Benny Christensen into the side uh, because the, the, there's an injury to uh, uh, Ransom. And uh, it's a good game. We, we, we give as good as we get for the first half. Of it's nil-nil. And then halfway through the second half, Brian Marwood from his left-wing position cuts inside and, and scores a, a nice goal um, to make it 1-0. And uh, to say that we ever looked like scoring or equalising, no, we, we didn't. It was... it was uh, You could see the resignation almost in the players' in the players' uh, attitude uh, after that 1-0. And we, uh, we now come home to uh, a game against Luton Town. Um, 18,000 at the game and people think well um, surely we can take them because they're, they're not doing anything either in fact they're hanging on with their fingernails so Jim Smith plays an unchanged team um, Ray Hartford's now manager of Luton and they have some fairly talented players in Mick, Mick Hartford's in, in, in the forward line uh, Ricky Hill Danny Wilson uh, and uh, Steve Foster at the back Tim Breacher at the back, Alan Chamberlain and goal. Um, a tidy side, but a one that we should beat. Um, well, we don't, and, and we'll never look like we're going to. It's the most miserable nil-nil that I can remember. I, I can't even remember a single opportunity from either side that looked like being a goal. Um, however, it's, uh, by now we know, we know our fate, virtually. We're, we're, we're off to uh, Wimbledon and... Uh, um, 9,200 at uh, Plough Lane. Um, Bobby Gold's got his uh, uh team in. The uh, interesting is he's bought Hans Sagers in as goalkeeper. Uh, John Scales, Phelan, uh, Roger Joseph, Mark Flory, 
who was substituted by somebody called Steve Cottrell um, just before half time. Um, uh, Dennis Wise, Laurie Sanchez, Vinnie Jones, Paul Millett, and John Gale. Uh, Alan Cork substituted for him towards the end. And uh, uh, Steve Smith sends out um, uh, it, it, not an unchanged team because he takes Benny Christians out and puts Ray Ranson back because Ray's uh, um, injuries over, and he takes Frank Pingle out and puts Rob McDonald back in. So we we we, we go with some hope, uh, but the fact is, the hope was uh, it was just hope. Dennis Wise scores. Uh, from a penalty after about 20 minutes, um, a handball by uh, Kevin Scott. Um, after half time, uh, there's a period of 10 minutes where Wimbledon are just unplayable, uh, making us look silly, really. Uh, and goals from Paul Miller, Vinnie, Vinnie Jones, and Steve Cottrell in a space of uh, 10 minutes between uh, 65 and 75 minutes, and uh, Wimbledon win 4 0. And, and uh, you know, consign us to our fate, I'm afraid. Um, we're now uh, at home to West Ham um, and uh, the Hammers are playing playing well. Uh, we uh, um, want to desperately try and get something before the end of the season. We we know our fate now. We, we, we're, we're well and truly gone. Jim Smith plays an unchanged side. Um 14,000 at the game. Uh, John Lyde's still a West Ham manager and uh, has a, a good football inside with uh, Phil Parks, Julian Dix, full, hard tackling fullback, Tony Gale, Alvin Martin, Alan Dickens, Paul Ince, Kevin Keane, Stuart Slater, Mark Ward, and Frank McAvenny, and substitute uh, David Kelly, who comes on for McAvenny uh, towards the end of the game. Um, we start off as though we're going to do something with this and uh, um, Kevin Brock opens a score and forward uh, on about 20 minutes and then Kevin Keane, Keane on about uh, just before half time about 40 minutes makes it 1-1 one, one. and then after half time West Ham uh, take one of the cleaners how it only stayed 2-1 I don't know but Mark Ward in the middle of the second half about 65 minutes makes it 2-1. It could have been five if uh, their, their forwards had taken their chances, including none other than the David Kelly. So it's another defeat uh, that with it, uh, for this uh, team, which is, uh, as I say, fate is already settled. Next game's a home game against Millwall and uh, uh, 14,000 at the game. Um we uh the result is matterless to us because we're so far adrift now we, we couldn't we, even if we won matches we couldn't do anything about it uh jim smith brings tommy wright back um into the into the goal and uh, otherwise a, a, an unchanged team uh he experiments a little bit though uh, and brings in andy thorne and plays him at center forward uh which um didn't work <laughs> so i describe it um we 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 get off to a a, a good start it's it, uh we're doing fine and then 
Terry Sheridan, their the, the big guy from Tottenham, um, puts them in the lead uh, just after half time. And despite all the huffing and puffing, we, we don't get uh, anything out of the game. Um, the only other thing to say is that Terry Sheringham goals was set up by none other than a young man called Paul Stevenson, who crossed the ball over from the byline for Sheringham to head in. And uh, Millwall had some names there. Ter Tony Cascarino, big centre forward. They had our Paul Stevenson, obviously. Steve Wood, at T Terry Herlock at the back. Uh, and Barry Horn in goal. Um, so, sack the board, yes. That certainly was the chant at the time. Anyway, we ended up the one, with a 1-1 one, one draw against against Millwall uh, and uh, lots of chance of sacking the board. And the final game of the season was uh, against Manchester United. Well, um, result is, uh, uh, doesn't matter a jot, but there's still 30,000 at the game. And so Alex Ferguson sends his full team out as he'd expect he would. Jim Layton, Mal Donaghy, Steve Bruce, Clayton Blackmore, Mike Duxbury, Lee Martin, Russell Beardsmore, Brian McClay, Brian Robson, Ralph Milne, uh, who was substituted by Mark Robbins later on, and Mark Hughes. Jim Smith uh, sends out an unchanged team and uh, he introduces into the first team for the for the first time. Um of the substitutes bent a young man called Steve Howie, which is which is quite nice. But uh, we we lose two nil. It's uh, nil nil at half time. Dower first off because we're just defending for our lives most of the time. Uh, but after half time, Manchester United uh, with uh, Brian Robson to the four. I've got to say, uh, scores himself on fifty minutes. Then Brian McNair on about sixty minutes scores makes it two nil. The end of an absolute disastrous season. And uh, it, if anybody really wants to look, if you look at the league table, we're bottom. <laughs> you know, and we're not just bottom. West Ham are second bottom and they're 30, they've got 38 points. We've got 31 points. 31 points. And in a full season, 32 goals. I mean... It 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 it's just so depressing, and um, we uh, also um, go through the season with uh, forty five games, and we used thirty five players. Now, wow. in the, pre the previous season before, we had forty six games and only used twenty four players, so. Yeah, it, it it's just a horrible mess, Steve. That's the only way to describe it. And and I think you're right. It probably was the most depressing periods on Newcastle United because it was it was all so wrong. And of course, in the background, you've got now John Hall and his Magpie Group wanting to get rid of this man, uh, Gordon McKeek. Interestingly, I used to quite often face Gordon and his uh, and his other brother um, in court because uh, he, he was a solicitor. And he, yeah. any prosecutions for the uh, RSPCA was done by McKeegs. And uh, it's the same quite often in court. But uh, um, it's a good job. There's no doubt good. about it. The battle for United wasn't good for the football club in no, the short term. No, in the no. long term, of course, as we'll find out, no, we know it was. No. A couple of other photographs. Um, just a, an idea of what the Milburn stand looked like back in those yes, days. Yes, yes. 
the West Brilliant. Stand. Still, Late still the barriers, still the barriers up, of course. But uh, yeah. Hillsborough, as you mentioned, would uh, would eventually West. change all that. That's right. And uh, you sent that one as well. Great photo of uh, some Newcastle fans on the road with their Newcastle yes. United Union Jack flag. I'm tr- trying to think. That's where. Uh, why did I put that in? Oh, it's um, if you look at the stands behind. I think it's. Uh, is it is it uh, White Hart Lane? I think I, I'm not. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah, the first one of the first yeah. games. And yeah. of course, we yeah. like to show the we like to show the strip as well as the strip that's right. that Newcastle United were wearing that season. And uh, I found this one uh, a rare photograph of the Newcastle United first team at Central Station getting ready for a an away trip. Which all uh, oh, right, is, yeah, which is quite. Uh, it's quite unusual, yeah, absolutely. I'm amazed. I'm amazed they're not surrounded by autograph hunters because they, they used to be. But yeah, uh, there was no yeah. eBay in those days, George. No, no. <laughs> anyway, um, what a miserable season. Um, but uh, it's all partly yeah, yeah, growing up, isn't it? It's all partly yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, fan base. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's the what, ups and downs uh, of being a football fan. Absolutely, it's it's what makes it. It's what, what makes we love the game, really, because it's so unpredictable. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, that that gets a bad one out of the way, and we we can look forward to uh, uh, some different things in the future. Eighty-eight, eighty-nine, done. Thank the Lord. Uh, moving into another decade on the next yeah. episode of Those Were the Days. George, thanks for your time, mate. Take care. My pleasure. Thanks for watching, everybody. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephone on 01768 210 102. A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They are an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632. 460 or mobile 0791 4174 Email info at com, and they've got a website which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Don't forget, we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today.
The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket. Win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Thank you.